Hey there, it's Anissa here in Kamloops at the ladies meeting and I have Gina Best in her office. What town are you in? Vancouver. Awesome. I'm up in Kamloops because I've got some little short people, my favorite little short people. Um, I have two grandkids, Odin and Jameson was just born two weeks ago, so I've got to come and hang out with them a little bit more before he gets uh, out of that, you know, that baby smell phase. <laughs> and you have, a, you have a, some, some kidlets as well? I do. I have an 11 and a 14-year-old, almost 14-year-old. So I'm way past the baby stage, and I never did the baby stage, and I'm really okay. <laughs> just go right past go and <laughs> three and a half and four they came fully formed it was perfect oh uh, sounds like sounds sounds easier <laughs> i'm seeing that the baby changing and stuff like that going on i'm totally forgot <laughs> it but i was also holding james in my arms while i was like typing out stuff like this i'm like oh i remember doing this in my first business which was a baby blanket business and i was holding garrett and i'd sit there all night trying to figure out how to build a website because they didn't exist yet but i was a graphic designer so i'm like i know i can do this do you remember uh, web circles? Yes, vaguely. The only way to get to another website was through, they, there was no Google, there was no, <laughs> it was just purely you had to connect the dots basically to get to the next website and hopefully they had something in common. Right. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking this morning, the first time I knew that you existed, you probably didn't know, uh, it was an Owen, um, Owen Clark book launch. Yeah, I remember that. Had it too. Yeah. At the in on the key. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I was I I was coming up from Abbotsford. My kids were still in high school, and I was like, oh my god, she is so bold and amazing. And you were like, like nothing I'd ever seen before. And well, everyone was getting those really cool little avatars, which I still yeah. see up. And I come from a town for, where like I was still convincing people that the internet existed, while coming into the city and going to BNI once in a while with Owen, where he's like showing people how to use it well versus I'm just like, you need email. <laughs> <laughs> well, it makes you feel any better. I still fight the battle with people about Gmail. Oh, so yeah. if you have a business, you should not be using at gmail.com. It is completely, <laughs> completely, completely done. Right? It takes away credibility right off the bat. Do you, I can't believe how many people still do it. Okay, I've got to get my domains back up and running. Yeah. I've yeah. been told. <laughs> yeah, I have them all set up. You know, it just it's a matter of keeping up with all the technology and going back to GoDaddy and getting that email forwarding. Because I, I just have, at, at one point, I was running enough other people's businesses that it was just like, just forward it all to my Gmail. Otherwise, yeah. I could. And you can still do that. Like, all my accounts are Gmail, but they don't say Gina at gmail.com. No, they say Gina at ginabest.com. No, Gina at ginabest, no, dot com. Dot, how, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I, I, had to, I had to actually go check it out that it wasn't like a typo the first time I saw it. Yeah, it got announced a couple of years ago and my amazing uh, branding person called me the day of and she's like, oh my God, it got announced. Buy it now. And I'm like, okay. And it's the most, it's one of the most expensive out there. It's not the, you know, $35.com. Yeah. Um, fabulous. Oh, that's amazing. Well, that's, I was looking at the uh, value of my different websites and things like that. And it's amazing to see because now they're like real estate, right? And some of the ones I bought 10 years ago, it's like, oh, crap. Or I wish I'd bought my own name.com because it's now worth about 15 grand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a realtor in San Francisco with the same name as mine. Yikes. Yikes. You got the best. One day I'll meet her. No, yeah. she's just, she's ginabest.com. I think. It used to be. Anyway. Anyway, so much fun. So on the Ladies Meeting podcast, Gina is one of our members, and she's also going to be our speaker 
on the last uh, Tuesday in March. And what are you, what's your topic that you're speaking on? Shifts happening. Um, my topic is, let me bring up the, the document, make sure I hit it right. Uh, of course I can't. Well, while you're doing that, I'm just, I'm, while you're doing that, I'm going to describe my background here. I'm in my daughter's sewing room and she has a, a business called wild, wild ones. And so last night I took over, you know, they have social media takeovers. I took over the sewing room last night, made some new leggings, went to the fabric store, bought a new membership. Haven't done that in years. It was so much fun. There's sparkly pants coming back there, by the way. So your topic. You're funny. I sew as well, believe it or not. I totally believe it. I've been to your house and seen your scrapbooking and your all sorts of uh, stuff. Scrapbooking is long gone. Yeah. Uh, shift is in the air. What are you going to do about it? Do about it. So what does normal mean to you? So lately in my world, it's come up over and over again, normal, right? So depending on who you are, how you were raised, the answer is different, right? I don't fit the mold per se. And it's really quite interesting sometimes when I do business presentations, uh, because I take off my sweater for shop value, right? I will, you know, I do, I take off my sweater for shop value because I don't look like someone who built a multi-million dollar company, right? And it's all of these questions about the normal. And it's also about how it trickles into everyday life. Like, what do you settle for? Because you think that's what you should. And where did that come from? You know, it's these rules that we pick up along the way. And yeah, rules are to keep us uh, safe, but there's also rules that we interpret. You know, it was really surprising for me that everybody thought I was really out there and I, you know, didn't care what other people think. And, you know, but I had all these rules in my head that I had to follow. And I don't know where they, I just picked them up along the way. So they were, and I realize now most of them don't serve me well. Well, you, you weren't a member yet, but I actually gave a talk on the six rules that I had to break to find, to find me and to, to become happy. And I had to go through my childhood and all those rules that I'm like, where did it come from? And how I had to break those rules to, to feel good with myself. Um, absolutely. Um, and it's this whole, it's this whole, like we pick them up along the way and it, it, here's the best example. So people think that, you know, so many people go to work when they're sick. Yeah. Right. If they're because they're they need to go to work and somewhere along the way. So when they were a kid, they probably saw their parents go to work when they were sick or they probably heard a comment about, Oh, you're not really sick. Get to work. The parent probably never meant any of that. They probably went to work either because they had to and didn't have a choice or they learned the same thing. But the reality is when you're sick, stay home. Like Don't get they, everyone else sick. <laughs> yeah, like here it is in a nutshell. But we go through this whole, oh, I'm not sick enough. Oh, I'm lazy. Oh, I shouldn't take the day. Oh, like when is the last time you like laid in bed and watched TV for no reason and not got up and done anything? <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty guilty of TV is my addiction. So okay. everyone saying? says, oh, you're so busy. I'm like, no, no, no. I watch hours of television. But I also live in a resort where we just go so hard sometimes. Yeah. So two yeah. Saturdays ago, my house was empty. It is something that never happened. Sounds so the dogs and I laid on my bed for like three hours and watched TV. And I didn't feel guilty at all because my house was empty and it was quiet. So it's all about these rules. And, you know, how does society, and I mean, it's even more than that. Like, how does society norms influence everything you do? You know, it, it, I've had some really interesting real revelations the last few weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, and one of them is around men. 
So I realized that I settled for what I could get for years because I was the fat kid. I should, you know, be thankful that some guy finds me attractive. Who the fuck am I kidding? That's how I got married the first time. It was like, oh my God, somebody loves me. Marry him quick. <laughs> I feel so sad that I thought so little of myself. Right? Like it just kills me. But that's kind of the, that's kind of how it's shaped because, you know, I was a big girl and I should be thankful someone liked me. Who the fuck? And this is all the society norm stuff. So this is all the stuff that's coming up in my world. And then it trickles down to people I work with and clients I, clients I deal with. And it's amazing how many people don't do things because they think they shouldn't. Or they have this rule in their head that they don't even know they have. Yeah, it's it's a it's a, a thing that we've, we I think especially as women where we are we typecast ourselves and to rebuild that when I when my kids grew up grew up and left the house I spent two years um, doing a lot of nothing I spent all my money that I that I you know that was profit from from uh, selling my house but you know what I got to know who I was not as a parent which was like to be a single parent going to university at the same time working full time you know it was like full on it was like I didn't even know how to stop right and so to come to that hard stop and just take time to get to know who you are and just hang out and go do those things that you meant to do I didn't go do any wild traveling or anything I just hung out with me and figured out who who I was and then also to become a grandma at, at a young age too and, and it was like oh you're so young I'm like not really because my daughter you know, she had kids at the same age I did, 22, 24. She bought her first house the same day, same week <laughs> I did, you know, which was like, it's not, from the town we come from, that's old. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, that's, this is, this is, uh, this is our normal. Um, but even now it's like, oh, you're, you're too young to be a grandma. I'm like, no, I'm just advanced. I'm good. But I got to, I have to build this new thing because I live in a town where people who are, four, I'm turning 48 this year have four and five-year-olds. Yeah. I live in Whistler where a four and a five year old and a 48 year old come in as, you know, those. You're, the, not, you're not the norm anymore, right? We're, no. we're the norm that, you know, I'm up there with you and I have a 10, 11 and a, almost 14. Um, last year was the year. So what I, when it goes back to all these normal things, you know, I just went through what I refer to as the breast cancer adventure. So it took two and a half years of my life. And it was really interesting because you know, I had my mastectomy November 2017, no, 2016, first year. And then with that, the cancer was gone, which was great. I had a fillable implant that I had to have filled for six months and then wait to have the next surgery. And it was really interesting because I was supposed to be thankful. You know, and absolutely, am I thankful the cancer that I got you know, the easy version, and I didn't have to have chemo or radiation. Um, and once I had my mastectomy, it was gone. But it was really interesting, the expectation of others that I was supposed to be okay. <laughs> and it was gone, and now everything is fine. Versus, you just be angry. <laughs> and it wasn't even angry, I was lost. And then, you know, I had the, the implant replaced, the, per, the fillable implant replaced, and then that started the worst year of my life. It was awful. And then again, I was supposed to be thankful that I had some kind of implant, even though it was fucking horrible and I was cancer free and I was supposed to be good and back to my life and everything. Okay. But you know what? It wasn't. 
And I'm bucking the trend because I got to tell you, there's some women who go through this and are amazing and come out the other side and they don't need it. They don't have, they, they, they're okay with no reconstruction. That wasn't me. I got too much baggage attached to that crap. Um, I needed to have boo and it messed with me and I'm half the people, other half people. And it's this whole expectation. That's what made me start thinking about all this again. And again, super grateful I'm cancer free. Absolutely. Thankful. It was, I didn't have to do treatment. I don't mean to, by any means belittle that part, but it was, I wasn't okay. And you know, if one more person said to me, well, it's just a boob, I would have started screaming. Well, it's funny because I had a, a conversation with my mom yesterday because she's in a she's not in a home that where they take care of you. She's in a home where you have built in friends and they have someone that just went over to the other place. And she's like, oh, yeah, she's hanging around. She's got one boob and, you know, and she's just totally OK with having the one boob. And she's not that kind of person to care. And I'm like, hey, mom, aren't we aren't we really lucky and blessed that, you know, we got that genetic gene pool. And she, I don't think she's ever really thought about it and that. But it was just it was so what, what the beautiful part was that is having that conversation and talking about it because that's not something my mom ever would have talked about before so i think talking about our boobs yeah and have or have not or whatever just having the conversations and how we how it makes us feel is so huge and not having it in this construct of the old school don't talk about it yeah and for me like the reality is is that i couldn't have kids i tried didn't happen lost twins um i had so much attached to my boobs because they made me a woman Right. And even though I've done a lot of work and I've passed that, the idea of going through without having them, I just couldn't get my head around. So again, I take my hat off to the women who can do it because I think they're amazing. Right. And I, you know, I haven't been, I've had to get another surgery since then. It's actually quite lovely. Um, when it settles down, I got a, a, a little pokey thing going on. I'm going to have a humongous tattoo done. It's the only way I'm ever going to own it because it's not part of my body. Like it is, but it isn't, you know, it's always cold. Right, and my friend Heidi said, "Of course it's cold. It's silicone in your body." And I'm like, "Oh." <laughs> <laughs> but like that's something some people just don't realize that it is. It's something that's constantly going to feel separate. Yeah. So that, this is what made me start thinking about all of these norms, and you know, and the dating. And I have a new lover who just thinks I am the best thing since sliced bread, and he's delicious, and <laughs> he is the most. It's because you are kind of the best thing since life. I, I am, but he's <laughs> really a lesson for me because he's so comfortable and so owns himself, and that's just the way it is. And for the, he's the most refreshing person I've met in a long time. Um, and I'm having a great time, but it's the whole, I am pretty awesome. And I'm not, I'm done with that shit. You know, I'm no, I great, get I'm not, a nor, you know, the normal, but oh well, I'm enjoying every moment of it. So that's what this is all about. It's, you know, it's the rules in our head. Like what's holding you back? Yeah, absolutely. I'm still, you know, it's, it's and, and the thing is, like you said, it's not that you're ever, you, we're going through it. We're not necessarily getting, I still feel total failure in getting divorced and not being able to hold a family together. And I still, like, I still can't get over the disappointment. Like it's a death that yeah. I lost, I lost my family and people, you know, it's like, Oh, it was good. You know, it's over. It's done. He's gone. And it's like, I think it was like 20 years ago now. <laughs> my question to you is, did you grieve it? Oh, I laid on the floor and screamed my head off and yeah, tons. Yeah. Tons. Cause the more you grieve it, the more you need, you know, the more you need to grieve things like that. Like they don't yeah. ever go away. Yeah. And it, I, it's still part of who you are. You know, it's part of what makes me who I am. 
you know, and uh, you have to do the work though. I totally agree. Okay. Get to our little podcast. Okay. What are the three most important things we should know about you? I got a lot of those. I have theme songs in my head. Awesome. I completely beat to my own drum. And don't tell me what to do. Awesome. <laughs> what is work and what is play? All of it. Perfect. I don't believe, I don't believe you can separate personal and business. It's taken me a long time to figure that out. Um, and work is, I love it all. And I love, I love where I am work-wise. I. What was, but what was, what was the turning point between work and play and learning that what you do and what you love and that was there, cause I mean, you worked really hard. You've, you've I have worked created. Hard. Yeah. Um, when I started doing all the personal development, I realized that I had kept everybody at such arm's length and work was work and home was home and there was no meeting. But the reality is, you know, 80% of the problem in your business is you. And when I started moving, when I started up my coaching practice, um, with the mortgage, with the mortgage brokerage, I could keep work and play separate because it was very linear, right? It was mortgages. It was that. When I started the coaching practice, I realized that it's so much, A, it's my, it's my heart and soul. And I realized that I cannot, I can't coach effectively business or life and not share who I am. And so it all became entwined. Like I, the weekend, I spent the weekend at the office because we just got a hole in the wall and took over the space next door. My kids came with me all weekend. They played way too many video games. Um, <laughs> and I made them help a little bit. So it's, it all goes hand in hand these days. And cool that you can find stuff to do with your kids as well. Yeah, when I like them. They're, you know, they're 11 and almost 14. <laughs> well, when, I, when my kids were a little bit older than that, I, I started running a... I built first and then managed to get the business going because I was doing all the business structure uh, in RV park. But the coolest part was I got my kids to run the front desk. I, you know, it was learn to do the, there you, you head out on the lawnmower, you know, like things to do with your kids where you're, you're, it, it makes such a difference later in life. You maybe you don't see it now, but when you've worked with your kids, like, and they've learned who you are as well, it makes a really big difference too. Yeah. It, it makes you more connected for sure. Um, is there something you want others to help you achieve or that you think needs support? Yes. Yeah, so I've launched my one boob down initiative. So this is a program for women after the breast cancer venture. So after the cancer is gone or in remission, after the treatments, after surgery, um, or I suppose they could still be in, in the surgery if they're doing reconstruction process. I realized I lost a year of my life last year. Last year was probably the worst year of my life. Um, I made some really bad decisions because you shouldn't make decisions when you're in hell. <laughs> so after all the food in the freezer that everybody brought over for you and then they left, <laughs> it's empty. Yeah, and I mean, it's, <laughs> very, empty. it's a very awful place to be and it take a lot, took a lot of work and I don't want anybody else to ever go through it alone. So I'm going to go get them. So what I would love support from is to get it out there. So the website is up and running. I'm going to do a big launch. On, I'm going to do a big Facebook post in the next couple of days. And I just want people to know that they're not alone and there is an option. And it doesn't have to be done the hard way. 
And what's the website? Oneboobdown.com. Dot com. Because we had the dot com conversation. That's why I was curious. <laughs> Oneboobdown.com. What is your favorite thing to do with friends? Laugh. What makes you laugh the most? Lately. And you can be totally honest. If you've listened to Andrea's podcast or you've learned about, you can be as honest as you want. <laughs> I just think last time I had a really, really big belly laugh. Yeah. That's I think it's just silly friends being silly. Um, in the yeah. restaurant, in the car, at the kitchen counter, where? I laugh a lot in the car because I listen to podcasts. I laugh <laughs> a lot at myself. Um, um, my friend Tina makes me laugh, right? She comes in with my, she's my business partner, one of the businesses, and she's, she, she makes me laugh. So I don't know what it is right now. I can get me snorting if you get me going well enough. I'm a big snorter. Oh, well, I hope one day we snort together. <laughs> <laughs> one day, one day. What is a product you are rarely without? A product? Lip sense, of course. I don't have it on yet this morning because I came from the gym. Uh, new that new mascara. Yeah, I use all that stuff. Uh, product that I'm usually with. Oh, I have a new um, uh, smelly roll-on essential oil mix from Silk Road Tea called Happy that I love. It's in my purse. Oh, that sounds amazing. What does it smell like? Kind of citrusy and happy. It's perky. Citrusy thing becomes perky to me. Um, what do you hope to be doing 10 years or 20 years from now that you do now? Exactly what I'm doing. Let more, I want to do more speaking. Uh, I want to get in front of groups of women, especially breast cancer patients, breast cancer thrivers. I hate the word survivor. Breast cancer adventure graduates, I don't know how to put it. Um, what I have to say is important and I need to get on more stages. Cool, well, I hope we make you, help you make you do that. <laughs> Cause you, uh, I don't know, I think you, bright, you brighten my life up. I think oh, thank you. Life is better with Tina in it, <laughs> basically. I need to try to touch everyone I've come across. That's awesome. Do you have a life hack for us? I'm gonna guess it's gonna be laughing, but is there something else? <laughs> for the love of god enough with the procrastination with the excuses just write it down and just get it done you know what so many people spend hours avoiding what they need to do just do it and move on right because then you have the free time to do the fun stuff mm -hmm. you know like it's the eat a frog for breakfast then mm -hmm. you know just you know this morning in the car i was like okay these are the four things i have to do today and then i can do something fun if you, if you know how to teach t boys how to do that, let me know. I still have a 22-year-old son that I'm trying to uh, drill that into. Yeah. I'm like, get your passport. Because so, he does music shows and stuff like that. I'm like, get your passport. So when you that invite to go to Europe to run a show, you can go. <laughs> be prepared for your – I always say be prepared for your Oprah moment. You know, those people that they got – like, they get their Oprah moment, that amazing moment, and then they don't have their book launch. They don't have this – they don't have anything ready, but then the moment is gone, right? But if you get shit done, you're ready yeah, for when that moment comes. 
Exactly. And you know what? It's about, you know, we all, as much as I wish we didn't have to do what we have to do, like I'd love to say, oh, uh, you know, I'm not naive enough to think everybody in the world is living their passion in their job. Or, you know, the reality is sometimes we got to do shit. That's just the way it is. You need to pay bills. You need to feed yourself and your family. Like, do what you got to do and get it done and stop, stop putting it off because the longer you have it hanging over your head, the worse it is. And it's always the idea of it. It's never actually that bad. It's true. And once it's done, the, the feeling. Oh, yeah. The feeling is so amazing. Yeah, totally. Cool. Well, hey, we did this in uh, 32 minutes. <laughs> About 30 minutes. Thank you so, so much. Um, the goal with the Ladies Meeting podcast is so that we can all get to know each other better. So I hope that uh, a whole bunch of members get to see this, get to see the real you before uh, you come out and give her talk. If people want to buy tickets to come out and see Gina at our luncheon, you can um, go to theladiesmeeting.com forward slash live dash events. She also gets a whole bunch of free tickets. So you might want to connect with her. Good reason for them funny? to have listened to the whole podcast as well because they'll know that they get some free tickets if they connect with you um yeah so we will see you on the last tuesday of march absolutely all Can't right thanks, Gina. To it. i'm stopping the recording now okay click